Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to have uh, Dr. Lori Hops as our guest today. Dr. Lori Chorkoff Hops. PhD, DCEP, which we're going to talk about what that is, is a licensed Mm -hmm. clinical psychologist, a Reiki master, and she's certified in comprehensive energy psychology and logosynthesis. She obtained her degrees from UC Santa Barbara and the University of Houston in Texas. She practices therapy online in Southern California in Westlake Village. She also teaches classes online for developing intuition, Lori is the president-elect of ASAP, the the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology. Lori enjoys writing, dancing, and painting. Welcome, Lori. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Oh, thank you so much. It's so great to be here. What a treat. I'm excited to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit. I always like to ask our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. How did you come to get involved with this work? Um, uh, So my grandmother was very psychic and she was raised in the East Coast of the United States, not too far from Salem, Massachusetts. So she grew up at the turn of the last century hearing all about the witch trials and um, had a lot of superstitious beliefs about knowing things that she shouldn't know, like when a woman was pregnant and the gender of the child and when the baby would be born. Um, And she saw right away that she would sort of get into trouble um, with this knowledge. And so they say it skipped a generation to me. (laughs) And so when I was growing up, she said, it's okay if you know things, just don't tell anyone about it. And so I had to then unwind that negative belief um, through the rest of my life. And so clearly I'm breaking that taboo um, by teaching developing intuition classes. But um, there was a part of me that was still afraid. And I think that that's probably why I went into uh, more traditional work with clinical psychology, doing research and psychological assessment and wanting things that were more structured. But I've always been a scientist mystic. Um, And so the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology is a beautiful organization that bridges the esoteric, and what people might call the woo-woo, but they say, you know, don't poo-poo the woo-woo. Um, and science-based, empirically-driven studies and research and applications that are based in conventional Western models. Um, and uh, looking at energy psychology and other uh, formats that work with the mind-body-spirit system in terms of healing. And so it's been a long journey Um, But I found ASAP about 10 years ago and said, this is my home Um, because I feel that I can bring the fullness of who I am to the organization. So that's, that's 
yeah, a shorthand <laughs> version of, of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you and I met is actually through ASEP. And, mm -hmm. um, and you are their president elect. How lucky yes. Yes. you've been involved from, on, on the back end of things, like really with the board and running yes. the show, right? For a while yes. now. Yes. Yes. Uh, secretary from 2016 to last year and now president elect. And, you know, you never know where your life is going to take you that first meeting. Um, I actually went to a workshop with Donna Eden and David Feinstein back in 09 and just fell in love with the energy medicine but didn't, wasn't comfortable with touching clients because of my doctorate in clinical psychology and the licensing laws around all of that. But they were gonna be keynote speakers for the ASEP conference and I'd never heard of ASEP, but it was in San Diego, I'm in Southern California. So I went to that conference and that, you know, who knew stepping in there that 10 years later, I'd be getting ready to be president. Um, but, you know, things just happen the way they do, so. Yep, same yeah. thing. I, I found a flyer for the ASEP conference when I was in grad school, and that was 20 years ago. And, wow. I, and I felt compelled, and I drove down from San Francisco to San Diego, and it blew my whole world open. So, <laughs> for, for the audience who doesn't know quite what energy psychology is, can you mm -hmm. give us a description of that? Yeah, so um, back in the 1970s, uh, Roger Callahan, who was a psychologist in Beverly Hills, California, had a client who was afraid of water. And um, he had gone to, she couldn't get uh, rid of her phobia no matter what he was doing and others had done to help her with conventional treatments. But the story goes that he was um, learning about the Chinese meridian system. And he thought, well, you know, you know how it is, you go to a workshop and you're like, oh, maybe I'll try this out with someone who's stuck, you know. So he had the sense that if he had her tap under her eye on the, um, on the bone underneath the eye bridge, um, the stomach meridian, that somehow, and think about her fear, her extreme fear, like she had trouble bathing, you know, um, that maybe something might happen. And so lo and behold, Right then, she said, I'm not afraid. And she went to run out to, he, she was at his house doing therapy in his home office. And there was a pool and he said, no, 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 you're he's afraid she's gonna drown. And she's like, I'm free, I can, you know, whatever. I don't know the words, but the story goes that she, she went to the water and that after that, there was a storm at the sea and she was able to go there and, you know, all of this. And so he started having people tap at this one location and it didn't help them. So through trial and error and figuring things out, he found these algorithms or combinations of being able to massage tap or hold the endpoints of various meridians around the face and torso to help with psychological, emotional uh, aspects of, of uh, trauma and um, pain and um, uh, anxiety and so on. And so the field of emotional freedom uh, uh, energy psychology was formed. He was a uh, uh, thought field therapy. And then later on, Gary Craig created what most people know uh, as EFT, emotional freedom technique. Uh, and there's so many schools that have been created since then. So that's kind of the seed story of how the field started. It's a combination of Western psychological approaches to healing cognitive approaches emotional approaches, but then also using the natural rhythms of the body, the energy systems that are based in um, the Chinese medicine models with acupressure points, but also the chakras, which is from Ayurvedic or Indian medicine, and also the uh, energies at 
interpenetrate and go beyond the body known as the aura or the biofield, along with other energy systems as well. So it's this nice kind of marriage between ancient traditional practices that are mind, body, spirit based and Western approaches as well. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about it. It's so holistic and it's looking at the whole person versus where it seems like our Western medicine model and Western psychiatric model is so much more like fragmented. And it's like, you're going to the mind doctor to talk about your problems and you're going to the physical doctor to deal with your body aches. And, you know, what if it's not separate? What I love about energy psychology is that the common thread through all of that is it's, it's all energy, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. And that, and because it's all energy, energy is constantly in motion and it's malleable. That's what is the exciting part to me. It's like, we can change things. Definitely. And it's not just ne- dealing from the neck up. So, so much of talk therapy, you know, it started with the tradition of talking through trauma, basically, um, which helps sometimes. It certainly helps with skill development. Um, it helps with uh, things that are based in um, rational, rational thinking. Um, but sometimes you can't get past something just using that approach. The body's responding. We're basically animals and we respond with fear. We respond with shutdown and we respond with a lack of trust and it goes, it interpenetrates the whole body system. And so you bring to mind the things that are bothering you and at the same time, give your body the signal to relax and show that you're safe. Because for this woman who was afraid of the water, she wasn't going to drown. She wasn't going to die um, by stepping her feet into the water in the pool, most likely. But her body was afraid for whatever reason. And so it wasn't enough to just rationally think this isn't going to kill me. She had to put her body into a relaxed state and then introduce the things she was afraid of at the same time. And then the body can learn very quickly and say, oh, this is fine. Yeah. I'm good, I'm calm, and I'm ready to learn. Yeah. And really, that's like what we call in classic psychology, extinguishing a conditioned response, right? Right. Right. (laughs) And it's so cool because now we have the science, too, like all the new... Um, science with brain scans and things like that, like we can really see stimulating these acupuncture points is actually shifting things in our brain, causing different parts of our brain to light up or calm down or including, you know, the fight flight center of our brain. It's just, yes. it's really incredible stuff. Some of the research that ASAP has been part of is really amazing. We're very proud of our uh, website that has the, you know, lists of hundred or oh, more than a hundred studies in the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of them, you know, many of them peer reviewed, some of them meta-analyses and, you know, where you get a body of research together and then you look at summary data from various studies in a given area on, for example, depression, anxiety, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, eating disorders and uh, uh, appetite control. And so people who are interested can go there and learn more. Yeah. And you know, when you actually look at the research, the results are so powerful that there seems to be, even within, I think our field as therapists, there's this almost disbelief, like Mm -hmm. how could something be this powerful? How could it be this effective? And, and I know that energy psychology has sometimes had challenges getting accepted by mainstream psychology. Right. And I was one of those people. 
um, because I was trained at the University of Houston in a very traditional conventional program, cognitive behavioral empirically based. And you know, things like family systems work was suspect, you know, I can say that because they were proud to say to represent themselves that way. And so what I was trained was that if anything looks too fast or too easy, it's probably not real. Um, because that tends to border into the miraculous, possibly. Not that there aren't sudden cures, they exist. But if you say that an entire field is based on that sort of thinking, then you think that maybe some, that somebody's pulling your leg, something's not right. Um, so I was highly skeptical. Um, just a few years before I went to my first ASAP conference, actually, someone asked me, oh, are you a tapper? <laughs> and I was a little bit offended, actually. No, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. <laughs> I don't do that stuff. <laughs> and then when I started looking into the data, I was, I because I was trained to analyze, you know, good data from not as good data. And I, I was surprised to see, you know, effect sizes that were four times bigger than anything that I was told was possible in mental health uh, outcome studies. And, um, but no, it's true. Um, and so I think, I think what it is, is that when we start to investigate in a certain avenue, we start to expect certain things of reality. And we don't realize that we need to have a paradigm shift. And when we do have that paradigm shift, we don't trust it at first. But then when we see that the, the results are robust, lasting, and truthful, then you realize that it isn't that this is such a miracle. It's just that you didn't know about it. You didn't know what was possible. Um, and so that shift is starting to happen. And of course, through podcasts like this and writing blogs, which do I do for ASAP and so on, we're trying to get the word out more. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, you know, kudos to you and to all the people who have been trying so hard for all these years to get energy psychology methods out more into the mainstream to educate our fellow professionals that these techniques exist, that they're empirically, you know, based and they're shown to have, you know, huge effects on depression, anxiety, PTSD in particular, all yeah. kinds of different conditions, physical mm -hmm. conditions as well. Um, the folks at the Tapping Solution, I think they've really helped to get you know, EFT in particular out there in the world with their yes. work. Um, so it's really, really amazing. And, and it's starting to pay off, right? Like now energy psychology tapping in particular has been deemed an, an evidence-based practice, right? Um, it, it, there's different uh, levels of how secure we can feel in saying that, you mm -hmm. know, how strong are the results? And so, yes, it's in the realm of evidence-based um, and the results are, um, are climbing up. <laughs> yeah. So many therapy modalities have never been tested with even a single study. And so we yeah. have so many here. But I do wanna add in one, one point um, because I'm a person who believes in discernment and using critical thinking skills. And so I, I just wanna voice that it's not for everyone. It doesn't help with all problems. And that um, there are limitations to the techniques and it depends upon how you're working with it. So people need to be discerning and make sure that if they want to try it, that it's right for them. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and to be, you know, ideally in the hands of a skilled practitioner too, right? Because yes. so much of the time, you know, people who maybe don't have adequate training 
are getting maybe a little in over their heads, especially when it comes to something like trauma or PTSD, yeah. you, know, you really need to have like specialty training to be able to work with those conditions and then bring in these other modalities, you know, to work with it. So I appreciate that you're saying that, you know, yeah. we always have to be um, smart about like what we're choosing and how we're choosing to do it. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So let's change gears a little bit. Okay. An interesting modality that I don't think a lot of people know about. And actually myself, I had not really heard of it um, until I was at an energy psychology conference and it's mm -hmm. called logosynthesis. Yes. What's that? So some people have heard of logotherapy, which is Viktor Frankl's uh, method of uh, mental health care. Um, but this is different. This is called logosynthesis. And logos is a Greek word meaning spirit, word, or teaching. And synthesis means to bring something together or to merge. So logosynthesis is bringing together energy by using words. And the creator of this modality is a Dutch Swiss psychotherapist and coach named Willem Lammers, L-A-M-M-E-R-S. And this technique is, this approach is not just a technique, it's an approach. I would say that, um, well, he was, he's a, a mental health worker who was trained in transactional analysis, EMDR, emotional freedom techniques, which we were just talking about, neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis. And he combined kind of the best of what he found um, into this logosynthesis approach um, probably about two, uh, 15 years ago. Um, so what happened was he, he just, he didn't get the results he was really wanting as comprehensively and as simply as he could. What I, this story is in his book, but basically what happened was a woman had a, an accident in a subway. She fell, she lost consciousness and she just wasn't herself afterwards. She would just be, she was clumsy. She just felt like she was kind of not fully integrated. Um, she couldn't remember the, what happened as she fell. She found herself, you know, a few hours later, finally could call her husband and get help. So she wound up becoming Dr. Lammer's uh, client. And she described feeling as if she was standing beside her own shoes, something like that. I don't know that the translation into English, that idea that she wasn't integrated into her body. And he, he had seen this like hazy fuzziness next to her. And he thought, oh, I'm just tired. It's my imagination. But he thought, I wonder if there's something here that has split off from her as if because she, she would go to, to like open the shower door and she would miss holding it as if she wasn't aligned with reality in the physical. Anyway, so he did some work with her and they were able to integrate that aspect of herself back into her body. And when that happened, she then could remember the accident falling down the stairs, you know, wandering around in the whole bit. And it was a shock to her. So this got him curious about how energy works and that we can actually have aspects of ourselves that get frozen out of our normal flow of, of life and that get stuck. And through using words, we can actually reconnect and recorrect and realign those uh, misalignments that happen to us from time to time. Everything wow. from minor things to, to big traumas. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what would cause a person to have this sort of fragmentation? I mean, 
this was a trauma. Is it usually trauma that's the source? Well, so a a little experiment you can do is if you think of someone who you care about, imagine that they're walking into the room and you may notice a shift in your body. You may find you're smiling or you feel a lightness of being or a memory or something that comes up for you. So you actually go through a physiological change based on your idea of someone else who's not even here at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so we, we go through these sh- subtle changes in our energy field all the time. Of course, the opposite can happen if you think of something that's distasteful or someone that you don't particularly like, then you have a different kind of response, right? In the body and in the mind and in the spirit and emotions. And so what happens with uh, something that's more jarring than that is we usually have a seed moment that sort of freezes. So for example, in a car accident, it may be that when you think about it later, it's the smell of the uh, airbag chemicals releasing or the screeching of the brakes or feeling like your gut sucks in as you're trying to brace and hold onto the steering wheel. And those things sort of get trapped like statues in a museum into your energy field. And so, uh, and this can happen on a, like you said, a lower end or a more extreme end. And so, but there's ways of bringing your flow, your natural essence, your natural life force to those moments and saying, yeah, this isn't happening any longer. And you can dissolve them and bring them, bring your energy back into yourself and actually remove something that doesn't belong. Wow, that's amazing. And yes. how do the, what's the words part? Like, how do the words fit into that? Well, it, so sometimes logosynthesis enthusiasts are like, it's all about the sentences, but it really isn't. That's sort of the icing on the cake. And so what you need to do is kind of do a, a deep dig and find out where are those frozen moments? What are the triggers for them in your uh, sensory system, in your body, like in your sense of taste, smell? Maybe it's something that you heard. It could have been a belief that you've heard, like, you know, um, big boys don't cry or something like that, that you were told. Um, And so once you get to that core nugget, then there's some sentences that you can say. Basically, there's two aspects to the sentences. One of them is to uh, retrieve your energy from those frozen moments and bringing them back to the right place in yourself. And you don't need to know what that is or what that's about. And the other is to release anything that's not yours, releasing non-me energy, as he calls it, um, and sending it out. And once again, you don't need to know where that is. You don't need to have a belief structure about like God or spirit or anything like that. Just that you know this isn't yours and you're letting go of it. And then the third part is, um, is bringing back your energy from your reactions. So there's a difference between the event that happens and all the fallout afterwards. So with the car accident example, you have, oh, I'm gonna be late for my meeting and now my insurance might go up and you know, what was I thinking? You know, oh, my day is ruined and you know, now I'm gonna have to make an appointment and call, you know, and, or you feel upset and you remember another time when you were feeling this way. So there's all that, there's the moment and then there's all the other stuff and that's our reactions. And so it's also a matter of returning your energy flow from those reactions and bringing yourself back into alignment. Yeah, that kind of reminds me a little bit of the basic, the the same principle with the Chinese medicine, right? Which is that 
you know, they'll, the, they believe that the, well, we know, I think we know at this point, but let's say that the, the, uh, the hypothesis is that when there's an imbalance in the energy field, when the chi, right, is not flowing the way it should along these pathways, when there's that blockage, then dis-ease develops, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you can correct that imbalance, then the body, the, the being can restore itself and heal. It's, it sounds like a similar concept. A similar concept with a slightly different approach as to how to use it. Yeah. Um, so um, different systems are useful for different situations and different clients and different, different uh, diagnoses. In my experience, I have found for some people that energy, traditional energy psychology approaches that are 20 years old or older um, are uh, good for certain people. And for others, this method works even faster, sometimes exactly within moments where you get to uh, peel back the layers of the core around something. So um, even in the middle of saying the sentences, someone can say, it's gone. I, I was at an eight out of 10 in terms of my level of suffering. I'm not anymore. I've stopped crying. My headache's gone. I'm not nauseous about it. I'm not even remembering. In fact, I'm laughing about da 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 that happened later. But now I'm remembering back in third grade when so-and-so said such and such. So they go right away to these deeper layers that are kind of holding up um, the more the more recent events um, and so within an hour of therapy if you do let's say three rounds on three different issues I mean it's just it's so fast it's so fast um, once you get going so um, anyway I I like to share about it a lot of people know about it in Europe um, not so much in the United States. I'm recently certified. There's a handful of us that are becoming certified. There's uh, maybe three in myself that are certified already, and then a few more coming up, um, many more than that in Europe. And um, there's books and website, and we have all that for people um, to look at. Um, and the most recent book, which is a nice summary and a place to start um, is called Discover Logosynthesis. So those of you who are seeing can discover awesome. Logosynthesis. Yeah. Um, and here's Dr. Lammers. <laughs> and he's been a presenter at ASAP before as well. Yes. So, yes, and there's, book, I have seen his book in the shop too. I'm going to have to pick mm -hmm. that up. <laughs> yeah, this one's new. This one just came out yeah. uh, this month or last oh, month. I yeah, brand new. Um, so um, anyway, people can learn more or talk to me if they'd like or, or you know others um, there's online learning for um, coaches therapists and educators and um, practitioners all over the world and it's it's cool it's a cool thing so just real quick two ideas with logosynthesis one is your essence which is what you're born with and that is your immortal soul your spirit your divine yourself your you with a capital y and that's always there. And when we're shut down because of trauma or problems, then we get cut off temporarily from our full essence. And the other is 3D reality. And he calls this the matrix, kind of like the movie, the matrix. And it's basically reality. And we have to deal with, with both where we have a life force and we also have to deal with physical reality, our values and, and rules and families, groups, cultures, and so on. 
but not to the point where you become like an automaton or a robot. And also you can't be such a free soul that you're completely cut off. Um, and so it's navigating these curves and twists and turns between our essence and the matrix and trying to make it as smooth as possible. Wow. Yeah, I think that whole Matrix movie hits way closer to home than anyone actually realized. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So in addition to Logosynthesis, and we're going to put in the show notes all the links that if our viewers and, and listeners want to find out more, they'll be able to locate that. But you also do your own classes with developing intuition. Tell yes. us more about that. <sighs> Take a breath switching gears let my energy field shift <laughs> so um let's see how did this happen um when i joined asep after a couple of years i got brave and decided to teach uh, to apply to teach a two-hour learning lab at the annual conference and it was accepted and i taught about the science of intuition because i thought i want to teach something that i like and want to learn more about um, and so that started me kind of exploring more and delving more into what is intuition? What does the current science say? Even though we know it's a, um, a natural aspect of our human living that keeps us alive and safe in the world, our sixth sense that feeds through our eyes, ears, nose, um, body sense, um, gut, and all of that to give us information about the world. Um, it's how uh, ancient peoples and currently uh, found, let's say, tracked animals, um, knew about weather and so on is by dreaming ahead or by sensing and knowing what they know about the physical world, but using this other way of knowing. You know you know it, but you don't know how or why. It just comes to you. And so this is a natural instinct in humanity, but recently humans, uh, well, psychologists have been studying empirically. So that was that bridge between the scientific and esoteric. So I developed more and more um, lecture material. And then I decided that I wanted to do more than just lecture. I wanted to actually help train people more about using their own natural abilities. And so I started to develop these six hour um, courses the first one, the first six hours, it's two hours of three meetings each. I used to do them in person, but with COVID now I'm doing everything online. Um, and it has um, basic information about intuition, our senses, there's hands-on experiential exercises to learn more about how the senses bridge to intuition. Um, you know, um, things to look out for, what it's about, how to open it, how to close it, how to be grounded and centered. And then I'd uh, people were interested in more. And so I thought, well, I need something to scaffold this huge field. What do I do? And I thought, well, I love the chakras, the, uh, the energy systems that work from the root up past the crown um, that come up in developmental order, in age, in um, themes, and so on. And I, so I started with the root, and now I'm developing curriculum for the next level. So I did the root, the sacral, the solar plexus, and now I'm developing curriculum for the heart chakra. Um, and I use themes of each chakra for looking at intuition. So after the first basic six hour, the next one, the root looks at things like family, tribe, the earth, relationships, and then fear and security, fear and security, not insecurity. 
um, and how intuition shifts around those sorts of things. And so each chakra has its own um, theme and life force and archetype. And that's how uh, I've been developing the curriculum for this class. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I think most people, when they think about like what gets in the way of, you know, accessing or trusting your intuition, and a lot of people would go up here, right? To their heads. Yes. Yeah, but you're saying it's a more energetic thing and it's including the body. Very much. And the thing with intuition is it's so quick, it's so natural that unless you study it or take time to think, you're not even going to notice that it's there. Um, I have a quiz that people take when they first start their first lesson and it divides up into different types of intuition and people tally up their results. And, and I say, where are your strengths and weaknesses? We all have them. Um, and where are yours? And so many people say, I had no idea that I was, let's say, clairaudient. Um, I had thought that I, you know, just wasn't even intuitive at all. But these things, uh, clairaudience is um, listening, clear hearing. And so you're using your hearing, your physical ears, but also the listening that kind of that voice inside of you that like maybe hums a song, but without words, the sound coming out, or it has that mental chatter. Um, but sometimes you get messages that way, or it might come into your dreams through sound or language or communication of messaging, or you may hear uh, something that you're thinking about and other people are talking about it. You know, back in the day when we would go out to get coffee <laughs> and then the people in line by you or on the plane or wherever, uh, the movie theater are talking about the very thing that's on your heart or your mind. You're like, huh, how about that? So those are examples of clairaudience, but if they're very natural to you, you may not even realize that that's an intuitive sense. Right. Um, and yeah. And that's fascinating too, because I think a lot of people would call that woo-woo stuff, you know? They would say it's psychic phenomenon, but actually we are, that's part of our being, right? Like, like it's part of probably like survival. Yes techniques right when the animals like they always think about like the animals with the tsunami how did they know to run uphill and not be there when the big tsunami hit right yeah. like we humans have that as well I think we right. just recognize it yes and it's not taught in school um traditionally it's not and um and um children have it but it's usually um not focused on as much and we focus forward and out and intuitive is diffuse and around. And so sensing right now, like what's behind you and how far away are you from various objects? What's under your feet? What's ahead of you? We usually go forward. Um, people who um, may not think of themselves as intuitive, but I would say are and use it for their work would be people who are um, alert to security, firefighters, police, um, um, investigators, uh, security. Um, uh, these people need to be aware of the 360 and they need to know what's safe and what isn't and make quick decisions. And so they're listening to their gut all the time, but they may not call it intuitive, but it still is an extra sensory information system. Yes. Yes. We definitely have more than five senses for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's cool that people can actually learn to develop this. I think there's yes. also this misperception that either you have it or you don't. Not true. Um, you know, some are born with more natural talent than others, but you can stick with something. 
um, and develop it. And like I said, I think a lot of people are more intuitive than they realize and they take it for granted. This is just part of human nature. We tend to undervalue what comes easy for us. Like, I'm not good at that. It's just easy to draw this way, you know? And then we overvalue what, we, what doesn't come easily to us. Like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, that, what a great gymnast. You know, I'm, I've got, you know, two left feet. Um, and so um, I think that it, it's a matter of education, but it's also a matter of practice. And that's part of the classwork is to take it home and to work with it consistently. So, yeah. And what do you see are the benefits for people who, who do take these classes with mm -hmm. you um, as they develop their intuitive capacities? What kinds of changes might that create for them? Well, um, it, there, there's a wide range. Um, I'm surprised actually how many people come to the classes that are already intuitive. Um, and either they wanna strengthen their intuition or they found that it's gone dormant for them or they found that they um, don't always trust that it's a discernment piece. So for people who are farther along on the journey, it's about refinement and kind of mastery or deep trust that they're wanting to regain or learn more, they're curious. Um, and that, that fans out into every aspect of your life. You know, it can, to relationships, to career, to how you see yourself, to your mission in life and all these things. Um, for people who are newer on the path, which is great too, um, I, I think that it helps them feel more confident. Um, it's so easy to say, kind of like we were saying with little kids, that everything is forward and out. But what about inside and down and internal? Um, and so we're being given messages all the time, what we should buy, what we should think, what we should do or not do, what we shouldn't touch, you know, what, all of that. And it's like, but what do I want? Um, what do I believe? What, what is important to me? And how do I know if that changes in a moment? Can I trust it or not? And so that once you have a better discernment within yourself and a kind of an internal GPS, a guidance system, um, then you're able to more smoothly navigate it's kind of like the difference between trying to walk in the dark with a dim flashlight and trying to walk when it's full daylight. You don't need to see everything around you, but if you wanted to, you could. You can turn and you can use what you need. And, and, you know, and so it's a matter of broadening and opening and deepening your vision and uh, your possibilities. And that sounds really empowering, right? Yes. It's gonna really get you trusting yourself and building your confidence mm -hmm. and ultimately, your self-esteem and and I love that. I mean, everything I feel like I'm doing these days from this podcast to my work with clients is all about empowerment, you know, getting people to know what they know, getting people to trust themselves, you know, like imagine what a world we could live in if more people did that. Yes, because you aren't to tell you. And also the other, there's two other parts of it. So one of them is when you become more empowered, then you make better choices for yourself in your life. And that again is relationships, how you feel about yourself, the family, work, all of it, parenting, um, it, creative endeavors. People start dreaming more. They start getting more excited about life because basically you're tuning into your own internal vitality. It's kind of like giving a plant more water and food so that it can grow. Um, and sometimes it's not so much a matter of what you teach someone, but what you help them release so that they can come back to their own kind of truth. The other part of it is to be more discerning about what's around you. 
um, because it is confusing. There's a lot of information that we're being fed all the time. And it's hard to know what's real and it's hard to know what's right. And it's hard to know what to use when there's not only is there um, sometimes fuzzy information, but there's an abundance of it. Um, and so how to get through, you know, um, it, it's like learning to be a speed reader <laughs> rather than like decoding each phoneme. Um, and so you like quickly go through and then you can slow down and say, oh, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to go deeper here. Um, and so using your body kind of like a resonant um, tuning fork for truth for yourself. Awesome. Mm -hmm. This has all been so interesting, Lori. Um, if people want to find out more about your work with the developing your intuition classes or logosynthesis or any of the things that you're up to, how can they find you? Well, I have a website. Um, and so that's www.dr. L-O-R-I-H-O-P-S dot com. So that's drlorihops.com. And um, there I have a lot of information about all the things that we've been talking about. And then, of course, you can find out about Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology, Logosynthesis, and um, uh, other things like that on the resource list that you have. And then the other fun thing, just to add in real quick, is since the shutdown um, back in, started in April, I started to um, want to uh, post on Facebook a tip a day for wellness program. And so I just found something short, maybe four sentences on a topic that was helping me that day. And so tomorrow is day 200 and I've been posting every single day. And it's been so good in terms of motivation and helping other people. So I, it's all public. You don't have to be my friend on Facebook. Um, we have that link there too. And so hopefully you'll enjoy a tip a day for wellness. Wow. Come up with awesome. your, share it, come up with your own. <laughs> and, yeah. and you get to practice what you preach, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been a privilege and an honor, and I really respect the work that you're doing. Any final thoughts or words you want to leave us with? Um, I'm just wishing that people can find their truth and their, their gold um, and to not give up, um, to just keep going. Um, even if you haven't found it yet, it doesn't mean you're not going to. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today to Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm your host, Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please click like and share and comment so we can get the word out to more people. We also have a private Facebook group that you can join so we can continue the conversation. Just find us on Facebook on Kaleidoscope of Possibilities. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.